Well, you can talk about films with a philosopher's zeal, or measure them all by box office appeal. But for once in your life, be real. Welcome back, one and all, to Be Real Guys. It is your movie reviewing and reappraising podcast, fashionably late to talk about 2016, just a couple days into 2017. From Portland, Oregon, my name is Chance Solom Pfeiffer. And from Brooklyn, New York, I'm Noah Ballard. My friend. Booby, what's up? <laughs> How right. are you? All right, Ellis. Um, it's radio. I watched that on a plane. You did? Yeah, I watched that on a plane. The first half, while I flew to Toronto, and the back half, while I flew home. This constituted uh, the bulk of your of your holiday, yes? Toronto with your family. Yeah, I was in Toronto with my family. Uh, And what a great Ballard vacation it was. Yeah. Uh, We crossed off about 90% of what we wanted to do. Um, I only had like half an anxiety attack at the... uh, (laughs) Like the uh, Toronto Science Museum, which is really just geared towards children. And if there's a demographic I like, like less than children, just let me know because I don't think there is. <laughs> Muppets, maybe? Muppets um. is the other one. But yeah, other than that, it was fine. Really That's bonded good. with the fam. Great. How about you? What were you up to over the, the break? I went back to uh, my roots in Omaha, Nebraska. Slept nice. Up, slept on... Uh, the floor of my childhood bedroom, and uh, came back to Portland, immediately got the flu, and now here we are. But I'm so goddamn happy to be seeing your face and talking to you. I love that. Yeah, I'm sorry you were sick, buddy. That's okay. That's okay. What are we gathered here to do today? I don't think we're it, 100% unclear. sure. <laughs> it's, well, uh, it's tough to say why we've gathered, it but just, uh, we're going to do a podcast of uh, some amount of time. So I think we're going to start start with la la land is that right i mean i've had so many conversations about la la land at so many different like holiday parties uh-huh. i'm ready to go i've i'm i'm pretty honed i know what i'm gonna say okay great uh and your hair right now the way you just uh mush it over the side of your head you look like ryan gosling when he gets fired after playing that uh salvo oh, yeah, of free he's, jazz he's just like <laughs> I see the decorations. Good luck in the new year. <laughs> Did you see me in Whiplash? <laughs> um, it is the second film, I believe, second feature-length film from Damien Chazelle. Stars Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone as a pair of starving artists uh, living in Los Angeles. Him, a sort of, uh, I guess, like failed evangelist for keeping jazz alive, and uh, her, a struggling actress, just scraping through some auditions what ensues is sort of like a a very like big splashy but like somehow like downturned musical a little bit like the musical numbers are not the plot in this movie but there are there is singing and dancing um and they fall in love and the question sort of is will their relationship outlast their the rigor of their artistic ambition so let's jump in you could just write your own roles, you know? Write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you gonna do? I have my own club. Is that 
gonna happen every time? I think so. Okay, I've got I've got two issues with this movie. Okay. On like not really on like a technical level, just on a narrative level. Have at it, man. Number one. Who is the protagonist mm. of this film? Mm-mm-mm. Uh, God, I'm gonna really throw my hat in the ring here and say it's Emma Stone. So there is a pro- the constant baiting to jazz. Damien Chazelle's thing is a little bit of a problem. Okay, there's one. Okay, number two, is it a musical? Um, ugh, there's like- certainly musical numbers in it, but there's also like a 45 minute section where there is no music. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good question. But did it bother you? The fact that it sort of like s- swings between identities a little bit? Yes. <laughs> Why? Do you well, like Well, because I wanted it to like, I thought the musical, the, the best part of this movie is the fact that it is a musical. Mm-hmm. And the musical stuff works well. And the fact that it's not overdone, in my opinion, is the best thing about it. It's like these actors are like acting singing. They're not like belting Broadway singing. They're like acting singing. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting. And the songs are interesting enough that like Ryan Gosling singing and Emma Stone singing and this like very talented supporting cast they have singing can carry it. And Mm -hmm. I think it could have carried the whole movie, but there's a lot of like big climactic scenes that are just spoken and montaged and they have no music. Right. So it's a weird sort of like the movie starts with this big number of people driving in from the freeway to L.A. with their big ambitions. And yeah. The song follows like their anecdotes of like this one girl like left her boyfriend to like come to L.A. and make it as a star. Mm-hmm. This other guy like sold all of his possessions and like, you know, hawked everything. But now he's banging on every door to try to get an audition. And they're on the freeway and the camera's zooming around. It's like very pretty and very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And then finally, after this like decent enough number, it zooms in on Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, who are also like people in the cars on this freeway. And then it is pretty zoomed in on their stories for the rest of it. Then it takes you to Emma Stone's apartment where there's this, there's another number about like, you know, someone in the crowd is going to find you and pick you out and Mm -hmm. like, you're going to be a star. And then Emma Stone like wistfully is just like, I don't think that's true. And then we get to like the actual party where she meets Ryan Gosling and then like have that moment like walking to her car where he like walks her like three blocks or whatever when his car was actually parked out front. And they do another song and they dance around and it's like, yeah, musical. Like this is so much fun. And then there's 45 minutes where there's no music. Yeah. Like so, that is that is unforgivable, and it, it just becomes a pretty mediocre drama about two privileged white people like chasing their dreams and leveraging their own like personal relationships to get it in a very millennial way, and it's not that interesting compared to many other plots of many other more successful A movies and B musicals. Hmm. I think that yes. Like, sort of the bones of the unsung parts of the movie are just like every other rom-com that has a, like, a bit of sobriety to it, right? Like, they're, that, 
you know, this is happening in the real world and their, their ambitions could sink this thing. Um, that is not a new thing. Um, but what the movie is taking advantage of is the fact that these two are good actors. Like, I mean, I, I saw this with my mom, who's such a de- devotee of uh, 50s musicals. And she's like, well, you know, you can't really dance and sing like Debbie Reynolds and Gene Kelly. And I'm like, no, but they're so much better at acting. Right. And yeah, all the dancing and all the singing is acting. It's not just dancing and singing and acting. Right. Because what I love about this movie is the way that so many of the songs, um, really not the first two, though, um, do seem to come out of these these like motifs, like these like rising and falling jazz motifs that like so much of the movie is composed around that just seem to be like stuck in the head of the people in the movie and they're stuck in your head and they're different versions of them. Um, but the actual singing and dancing seems to come out of this sort of like this bubbling, this excess energy that like they have, like there's no, and here's the one where we have the plot. Like it's, it's almost just like, well, this moment's kind of awkward. So we're going to shuffle around a little bit or like, this is a moment in our relationship where, um, we've, we need to tinker with it a little bit. So like, let's just sit down at the piano. And that's the kind of like levity that I needed for this movie to work. I wasn't going to, frankly, I, and many other people, I don't think we're going to like this movie if it was a hundred percent a musical. But it just so weirdly like gives up on that musical conceit because there's like that. But does it? Because that... the reveal about the there's the the there's a reveal song in this movie that sort of like in my opinion saves the the audition prote- the prote- song. Yeah, the protagonist imbalance that you were talking about earlier. Like that's the movie's best attempt to save that imbalance, and so it does come back to it in a crucial moment. But like the scene where they're fighting over dinner in the apartment should have been a song. Should the it scene... have? That was a great scene. <sighs> Was it? It was really well acted. And the script was really good. Was it? Yes. I was th- it? I think so. Frankly, I thought that this was like Ryan Gosling doing his best Gosling and Emma Stone doing her best Emma Stone. And they were in sort of a goofy gimmick movie. And that threw back to... what. More do you want out of movie stardom than Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone doing but their Ryan best Gosling self? Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone can act, and they just like I feel like they acted their singing and dancing, but they didn't like bring much depth to the actual performances. As like people, if you're holding this up to the same standard as like a Whiplash or like a Half Nelson or like even like an Easy A for Emma Stone, or even when they like acted together in uh, Crazy Stupid Love. That's the ex- Crazy Stupid Love is the exact same thing. It's just the two of them like being themselves, having chemistry. So you admit it, they're just being themselves. That's what I'm saying. More movies should let movie stars do that. No. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. You didn't want to see Half Nelson Ryan Gosling in this movie. Crack, I would watch Crack uh, <laughs> Ryan Gosling dance around. Did Broken, did Broken Social Scene do the score? I'd love that. <laughs> You're such a defender of that movie. Um, that movie's incredible. It's, it's, it's probably good, bad, though. You came out staunchly negative against it. I saw it a second time, and I liked it even more. I'm going to have to see it a second time, but I've only seen it once. And initially when that movie, like when I saw it, I was sitting there and the lights came up and I was like, whoa, yeah, like that was incredible. But then as I picked at it a little bit, 
it's like a fairly typical love story. Sure. With like fairly typical like white actors playing like very traditional sort of almost pastiche roles, if you will, in an otherwise pastiche movie. Mm-hmm. And does this movie supersede the pastiche to become its own thing? I think not. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there might be a little bit more complexity in the artistic ambition side that Chazelle's so interested in than maybe you're giving it credit for. They sort of like check each other to make sure like, are you getting what you want here? And then they kind of cross streams and it leads to, a, the, what about the third act? What about the last 10 minutes of this movie? Were you not affected by that? Oh yeah, the epilogue was incredible. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. When this movie is a musical, I loved it. Mm-hmm. But when this movie is just a straight drama that's not that interesting, it's not that good. Okay. All movies and most of life can be described with our rating system. The four categories are good, good, bad, bad, good, bad, and bad, good. The first good or bad refers to intellectual quality. The second is pure pleasure. Good, good is easy. Things that make you feel smart and happy, and that for both reasons you'd want to do again. Like watching The Departed or Jaws or calling your pal to do a podcast with him. Good, good movies make Noah say, Love that. Bad, bad is easy, too. Things that bring you neither stimulation nor joy. Basically, you just wasted your time. Things like watching White Chicks or Wild Wild West, a conceptual double album of Christian pop punk. Bad, bad movies make Chance say things like, I hated that. Good, bad, then, is something you recognize as worthwhile, but not something you enjoy. Schindler's List, Requiem for a Dream, most classical music, eating your goddamn vegetables. Good, bad is about being an adult, and these kinds of movies make Noah say... I mean, I'm glad I saw it once, but never again. Conversely, bad good is for your thoughtless inner child. It's Cheetos. It's late career Billy Joel. It's movies like Christmas Vacation. Honey? Kids? And Deep Blue Sea. Bad good movies make chance say, But it failed in such an entertaining way. Got all that? Now buckle up, because you're about to hear an opinion stated as fact. So what do you think? This is probably my second favorite movie of the year. What was your first? Probably Moonlight. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and give this a bad good. A bad good? Bad good. I think ultimately the script is pretty problematic in that they need at least one, if not two more songs in there to make it like a fully accessible musical and not just like let this weird, like the table and like, there's no reason her giving her performance of that play shouldn't have been a song. There's no reason of him like in the photo shoots that shouldn't be in a song. Yeah, that's true. No, those, that, those, those two specifically are really good points. There's, and that's the problem. That's the protagonist imbalance. It's just like, why yeah. don't we get to see what her one woman show was? And it's pretty imbalanced too, that if he's the antagonist, why do we see more about his music career? And we just see her practicing for that play in the montage. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. And you, again, good point antagonist, because He's like the known quantity and they keep like yeah. making him known more and more and more. And like, he's kind of funny. Ryan Gosling is like funny in this very natural way, but it's wool. Yeah. When she says it's polyester, he says it's wool. It's wool, but yeah, I love it's that. Wool, I love that Gosling between this and the nice guys, um, Gosling's like go to comedic move now is just looking around as though he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Um, yeah. Wait, do you have a Gosling? No. Let me hear it. I don't have one. There's nothing in here. 
Give me the Gosling. I don't have one. Tell me. Let's move on. Yeah. So what do you think it is? Good, good? Yeah, I think it's pretty good, good. <sighs> I'm sorry. It's got flaws. Give me that. It, oh, it definitely has flaws, but it's, 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 it's one of those ones that you go back to not for the, the detail, but to like remind you how good the spectacle is. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Before we completely take this puppy off the rails... Yeah, yeah, can, what do you got? Can I ask something of you? You've seen Rogue Tell One, me. right? Yeah, yeah. Can we rate Rogue One using our rating system? Because this is another sure. movie as a lifelong Star Wars person that I've talked about. This movie times. made me rewatch all the Star Wars movies in order. All six? Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, no, seven. Oh, Eight, seven. including Rogue One. <laughs> this movie made you do a lot. Did it make you fall asleep at any point? Many people yeah, I've talked boring. to fell asleep. It was pretty boring. Yeah. We we briefly texted about this. We, like a lot of other people, have, have surmised that this is a movie that kicks in in the last third, right? Oh, it's got one of the best third acts of like any Star Wars movie. But the first two, that's where the trouble lies. Which is so weird because like so many... Wouldn't you say that like most Marvel movies are like kind of cool in the first act and then they're just like whatever after that like it's very it's very weird to have a movie that like flunks the character in the universe and then all of a sudden like picks up for the plot like that's a weird thing to happen well it's just like a weird time jump that it, it forces you to question is um or forces you to reconcile is the fact that you see Jen Erso at like six Mm -hmm. and then she's like 30 yeah and it's like, what, what, she, that, that was it? Like, <laughs> nothing happened? Like, she had this one defining moment when she was six, and now she's, like, in her mid-twenties, and now this is the episode of her life that makes the most... It doesn't make it... It's tough. It's, it's not like, like Anakin Skywalker, like, getting all his limbs cut off and then setting on fire <laughs> on, like, that fucking volcano planet. And then he's just like, Mystifying. wow! <laughs> you know, I hate you! <laughs> I forgot you just saw it. You were supposed uh, to destroy the Sith, not join no, them. You were the chosen one. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and so then you get like why he's so pissed when we get to a new hope. Yeah. But this is just like she maybe see she sees her dad like jet off and her mom like maybe gets injured or dies. She doesn't even see her mom die. Right. And then she's in that like trash shoot or whatever, <laughs> and then Forrest Whitaker is just like. Genoso, I'm in a different movie than you. <laughs> That's a pretty good Whitaker in this movie, because that voice is weird as fuck. You it's must so go. <laughs> you must leave this Why planet. Why are you talking like that guy? Apparently they like reshot a lot of his scenes because he was too weird. Well, I think they reshot a lot of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's reporting on that, but they definitely did. Um, my problem is, okay, I'll just come out and say it. Say it. I suspect that if I were not obsessed with Star Wars, that I would not have come back for the end. It would not have clicked into place. I would not have been caught in the Death Star tractor beam. And I would just think that this was kind of a bad, bad movie. Interesting. Yeah, I originally, when I saw it, I was like, that was good. I think that was better than Force Awakens. 
And then, like, I watched all the movies. A lot of people believe that, though. A couple of my coworkers believe that this is better than Force Awakens, which just means they haven't seen Force Awakens in a while. Um, I think, but then having rewatched all of them, yeah. I have to say that it's definitely. I mean, it's certainly not original. The prequel bad. No, but it's certainly not as good as the Force Awakens, nor is it as good as the initial trilogy. I think it has a weird trick, and it's this that no other Star Wars movie has, and it's the spell of seriousness. What clicks into place is that it becomes like a World War II movie, and the the blind guy with the with the force stick is like the Christian guy in the World War II movie, and he has his end. I'm with the force. The force is with me, man. Yeah, and everyone like has their like little moment on the way to like putting together this like Pyrrhic victory, um, and that's kind of cool. I think it just tricked a lot of people because when people think about bad Star Wars movies, they think well. Bad Star Wars movies are stupid. They're like Attack of the Clones, like Jar Jar Binks. They're stupid, and like this one yeah. was just like horrible character writing, and then two hours of nothing. Misa's so bored. <laughs> <laughs> well said. So how would you say bad? Bad? I think it's bad. Bad. I mean, there. I wasn't as bored as you. I saw it with a group of people, and we were all pretty into it. So I'm gonna have to go probably bad. Good. Bad. Good. Okay. Okay, well, thank you for indulging me in that exercise. Of course. Should we talk about 2016, not only in film, but in Be Real, guys? I mean, you said you had some questions for me that you wanted to address. I do have a few. I do have a few. Can I hit you with the first? I would love nothing more. Okay, so who gets nominated for the uh, Honorary Nicolas Cage Award? of attempting to be most actor who went for it in a way that was, I mean, ultimately bad, but like a dying star, like great to watch. Oof. Who would you go with? I mean, you could go with cage himself and Snowden, <laughs> but he was already kind of a dead star, kind of a white dwarf in that movie. I may give it to uh, Johnny Depp in the final scene of uh, fantastic beasts and where to find them. Oh, I didn't see that movie. Oh, well, Johnny Depp's really in the last scene. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Depp's been trying to win that award for a long time. Um, oh maybe God. Viola Davis in the trailer for Fences? <laughs> um, I saw that movie last night, by the way. What did you think of it? Um, it's, I think it's probably good-bad, um, <laughs> as one might imagine, perhaps. Um, it's been sort of like a hot take that people are just like, I think Viola Davis is probably better in it than Denzel. Um, and I don't quite know where I land on that, but her fastball is faster. Like when they both have to like give it their full heat, like she's got more heat. Got it. Everything that boy do, he do for you. It's not easy for me to admit that I've been standing in the same place for 18 years. Well, I've been standing with you. You didn't see light between oceans, did you? Oh no, but who went for it? Alicia Vikander practically like cuts herself open and like hands her organs to the audience one by one it's interesting horrifying but like it's just like scorched earth of acting it's it's really something wow yeah um how about this one who did you see in a movie where you were like good for you guy like you really needed that actor or actress interesting um I don't know, Brian Cranston and why him? 
<laughs> Did you see that movie? <laughs> no, I didn't see that movie. I was, I've, um, I've been calling it Why This every time I yeah, walk by it. In a movie just theater. why? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of felt, honestly, and it's dumb because we just talked about it, but Emma Stone like, had not had a lot to do in the last five years outside of Birdman. Like, bad Spider-Man stuff and, like, maybe playing a native Hawaiian person in Aloha and, like, Woody Allen movies that no one saw and Gangster Squad. Like, I was happy to see someone just be like, Stone, get up there and joke around. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it maybe a three-way tie for Hell or High Water. Did you see Hell or High Water? I really enjoyed Hell or High Water. Because, like, Ben Foster was in that, like, terrible Lance Armstrong movie that basically didn't get distributed. Oh, right. And then Chris Pine was in The Finest Hours. (laughs) With Ben Foster. With Ben Foster. (laughs) And um, Jeff Bridges, like, had been in a a series of, like, weird roles. Yeah, like R.I.P.D. and that Troll remake. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was actually, like, a little bit of... uh, a little bit of acting for him, you know, after the giver. and uh, Yeah, that's a great one. Foster, Foster is a live wire in that movie. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious and like great and like makes Chris Pine so much more interesting than Chris Pine is on his own. Little brother, go get that money. Good morning, folks. Open the drawers. You got a gun on you, old man? You're damn right I got a gun on me. Y'all gonna steal my gun too? We ain't steal from you, we steal from the bank. You hear about these bank robberies? You may get to have some fun before they send you off to the rocking chair yet. I may have one hunt left in me. <laughs> Absolutely. It was also nice to see um, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Deadpool. Nice to see him like come out of the full nosedive of uh, you know a lot of R.I.P.D. Uh, <laughs> also, yeah. What what else has he been in lately? This is the year we said R.I.P. R.I.P.D. Selfless. <laughs> oh yeah, that Tarsum Singh movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mississippi Grind was great, but like nobody saw that other than us. A million ways to die in the West. Oh God! Wow, yes. Yeah. So Turbo. Re- he really the did Croods, come back. Jeez. Ted. Safe House. The Change Up. Green Lantern. That's a that is the, the coldest of cold streaks right there. It's been a while since Adventureland, which is arguably his last good movie. Wow. Damn. Um. Okay, Tell you what I watched the other night was definitely maybe definitely holds up. I like that movie. Great film. Yes. Um, let me hit you with this one. What was the most bad good movie of the year? Oof. That you saw. I may give it to Independence Day Resurgence. You think that, I was, that was bad th- good? I, as discussed in the Arrival <laughs> episode, I have not seen it and I never will. Oh man. Um. How about any good bad ones? Haven't seen uh, Jackie or Silence yet. So. <laughs> or Lion. Actually, my whole list of movies <sighs> left to see are all probably good bad. Jackie, Silence, Lion. You know what I really Manchester think? by the Sea. That that's, doesn't look. I've seen that. That's that's good. Good bad, bad for sure. <laughs> I would pay to watch you watch Collateral Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't pay to see it your, uh, yourself. No, I would just pay to have a seat that faced you while you <laughs> faced the screen. Oh, my God. Oh, that's hilarious. What is that movie? It's like uh, it's like Mother's Day and Valentine's Day, but like for secular spirituality. Right. Okay. Am I putting that right? 
Yeah, I think so. It's like God, but like, oh, well, not God, but like. Not God, God. <laughs> but the God among us. Just like God. The God but in not the like oxygen. God, God. Uh, there's like an order to. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Absolutely. Said everyone while signing to take $5 million to do that movie. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. Anywho, what else you got? Man. Let me ask you this. Yes. What was your favorite episode of this year's uh, Be Real Guys? My favorite episode of this year's Be Real Guys. Yeah, yeah you got a lot to choose from. We did a lot of movies. <laughs> you know what I am so glad we watched and I think about all the time? Is Cocktail. I was going to fucking say that. The impromptu cocktail pie. You fucking stole my joke. That was going to be my joke. You were going to be like, well, I liked when we started like interviewing guests, like the submarine. Uh, to Periscope, Depp was pretty good. And I was going to be like, you know what I'm giving it to? Fucking moon or fucking cocktail. God damn you. God, you could go straight to hell. Sorry to steal your thing, but I'm oh, serious. Yeah, yeah. Cocktail. Um, Definitely. I'm just so happy to have seen it. I think about it all the time. Yeah. I walk past, like, I, whenever I, like, order a drink now, I look at the person on the other side of the bar, and I'm like, there's no better way to make it in the world than behind three feet of mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got to say the one that sticks with me the most, though, is, like, every time I see some sort of, like, hurricane-related or, like, water related like accident or thing or like whatever it is and i just like have to look at cnn and be like you're a real dick the sea <laughs> that one was really good um we had our whole family on this year basically oh yeah that's true we have to get new families because we, yeah. we probably shouldn't go back to that well next year should we definitely not <laughs> Yeah, Big Rod's been upset since, like, we published the one. Because I said it was boring. Because Chariots of Fire is boring. It's one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it's no cocktail. More questions for me? Yeah, just looking ahead. Looking ahead to the... I'm looking at that January-February graveyard of 2017. And it yeah. looks like a very cold, <laughs> foggy graveyard. Um, well, I think we should endeavor to see when the Oscar movies come out, endeavor to see all of those. Yeah. I just look at January. And first of all, I had this weird realization the other day that Ice Cube is paid as much respect on the annual film calendar as Star Wars. Like every January, Ice Cube will get his own movie. And this year it's that movie Fist Fight with Charlie Day. I'd see Fist Fight. But like Ride Along, Ride Along 2. <laughs> um, what am I missing? There's clearly... Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Um, <laughs> that was more of a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was weird. But then like the even sadder thing about January movies is where you see like the the proverbial monuments men that like really should have come out at Christmas. And someone was like, no, nope, sorry. This comes out. February I actually 1st. watched this one and it's no good. <laughs> it's coming out on February 1st. Did you happen to see the trailer for a dog's purpose at any of the movies you were at? 
A Dog's Purpose. <laughs> that's the title of a major film that had a budget. A, a Dog's Purpose. A Dog's Purpose is a movie about a dog that gets reincarnated a whole bunch. At first it loves a boy, and then the boy grows up to become Dennis Quaid. The dog is voiced by Josh Gad. And there's a part in the trailer <laughs> where the dog is like looking at the camera, and he's just like, once I've got you licking and loving, I've got you right where I want you. If I can get you licking and loving, I have my purpose. I have to say the most frightening trailer I've seen uh, recently was for the Baby Boss. Baby Boss? What is that? Baby Boss. It's an animated film where Alec Baldwin plays a baby (laughs) who's actually the CEO of a major company who's implanted himself in like a normal American family to like figure out like what babies want. So it's like Nine Lives with Kevin Spacey. Or uh, Little Man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The baby's a bank robber. That's right. Baby Boss? That's real? Baby Boss. You know what January 20th marks, though, that I'm pretty excited about? Don't say the third X movie. The X, <laughs> The Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> I'm not. No. I tell you no. what I think this year's Monuments Men is, is the uh, Michael Keaton uh, McDonald's CEO founder oh. biopic, The Founder. Yes, that's 100% right, because like that trailer popped up like three months ago, and people were like, Oscars? And then nobody's heard anything about it since. Right. Yeah. Oh, apparently it's the final chapter of Resident Evil. The final chapter. <laughs> Here it is, A Dog's Purpose. Last Hellstrom. A Dog's Purpose. What about The Space Between Us? Have you seen that where the kid's like born on Mars? That The thing that I love about that trailer, I mean, other than like, I mean, it's saccharine bullshit where people are just like, what do you like about Earth? And it's like, well, I love you. But the Gary Oldman pops up every 40 <laughs> seconds and it's just like, the kid will die. And then he's gone. And then oh, 40 man. seconds later, he comes back and he's just like, just remember he was born on fucking Mars. Gary Oldman will do anything for a paycheck. Oh, man. It's going to be a great year. 2017 is off to a great start. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll be hanging on for dear life, you and I. Doing the- hanging on, hanging out. What's <laughs> hanging the difference? On, hanging out. <laughs> doing this podcast, looking at each other. I'd love that. So, oh, buddy. Well, I mean, I feel like that's a natural wrap-up point. Don't you? I feel like, you know what, Chance? You proved for another year that you are good, good. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet of you to say. Uh, Thanks for continuing to do this podcast with me. I love you. What about me? I love our friendship. Am I I good, good? I just said I loved you. But am am I good, good? Are you going to say that I'm bad, good? I mean, you're pretty entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not quality. (laughs) No technical. (sighs) Damn it. No, you're good, good. Thanks, pal. Um, yeah. Listen to past episodes on BeRealGuys.com. Real with two E's like a film reel. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. You can email us at BeRealGuys at gmail.com. And you can uh, socialize with us digitally on Facebook and Twitter. So do that if you want. But really, I'm just going to keep posting the episodes there. And occasionally, like, bad jokes on Facebook that Noah doesn't get to see because he doesn't have Facebook. 
But it's the only thing that emboldens me to post them is that you can't see them to be like, stop doing and that. And ridicule you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like sometimes when I like watch the gambler at one in the morning and use the BRG account to tweet about it, you're like, don't tweet about the gambler on our account. <laughs> oh, no. just, a little, just a little treat. Just a little treat. That was the gambler. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> it features Mark Wahlberg uh, being a English, a college literature professor. Can you think right. of a role he's less that's qualified kinda, for? That's probably a professor who's got a first edition of the Iliad in his library. Am I right? <laughs> that's the bo- that's the boy next door reference that everyone was crying out for. Um, yeah, he's just like, have you never read Chaucer? I've read Chaucer. <laughs> I'm not a gambler. Don't look at me that way. Hey, it's one of the most ridiculous movies I've seen in a while. But can you please work on your Gosling though? Because your Wahlberg's incredible. I'll try to be a big bright shining star for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, that's so good. All right, let's uh, let's say goodbye. As always, right. take care, man. City of stars, are you shining just for me? City of stars, but there's so much that I can't.